Lecture topic: The phases of life. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salat wa salam ala ibadihi aladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. يَعْلَمُ أَنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا لَعِبٌ وَلَهْوٌ وَزِينَةٌ وَتَفَاخُرٌ بَيْنَكُمْ وَتَكَاثُرٌ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ كَمَثَلِ غَيْثٍ أَعْجَبَ الْكُفَّارَ نَبَاتُهُ ثُمَّ يَهِيجُ فَتَرَاهُ مُصْفَرًّا ثُمَّ يَكُونُ حُطَامًا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ عَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ وَمَغْفِرَةٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانٌ وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ مُوسَسْ When a person has the correct understanding of what something is, then he can deal with it correctly. He will be able to benefit from it if it is something beneficial and he will be able to save himself from it if it is something harmful. Sometimes these incidents come up that some child, there was some poisonous substance, some harmful substance that was in some container, some bottle, but perhaps it was looking like something very attractive to the child. The child thought it might have been some drink of some sort, something that can be consumed. Meanwhile it was something else, child drank it up and then child became very sick. Sometimes people pass away from these kind of situations. Now the issue was that that child as a child did not understand that this is not to be consumed. Didn't have the correct understanding of what this substance is. That this is not the cool drink that I normally enjoy. This is paraffin for example, or this is some other harmful substance. But now already the few gulps that were taken, then maybe the bitter taste came, so it was now spat out also. But already what went in, it did the damage. So because of lack of correct understanding, lack of realization of what the reality of that substance is, this became the outcome, this became the end result. Then, sometimes a person doesn't realize what is the value of something. The one incident here, Saadi Rahmatullahi, that is often quoted, that his mother gave him one small ring. These are parables. Gave him one ring as a child. He took that ring, a very precious diamond ring, and he put it on his hand, and he went out, and then some smart and sophisticated thug saw him, so he went quickly and brought one ice cream and came and told him, okay, taste this. So now every child knows what's an ice cream, for our understanding, an ice cream. They told okay, taste that ring of yours, which one is better, which one tastes better now? What that ring is going to taste, that diamond is going to taste? He says, okay, if you want, we can do a f- exchange. You give me the tasteless ring, I'll give you this very, very delicious ice cream. So he says, a child, I took that out and gave it to him. And he gave me that ice cream. And now the whole life, the regret is there. But what did I do? Why? Because as a child, the understanding and the realization of what is this all about was not there. How valuable this is, how much of benefit can be derived out of it, if this is sold, what price it will fetch, and what it could be used for, all that, what does a child know? How can a child then process all this? A child doesn't have the understanding. So likewise is the reality of many things in dunya that we sometimes don't understand what is his reality. 
and let alone things in dunya, the very dunya itself. We don't have the correct understanding sometimes of what is the reality of dunya. And if a person doesn't have the correct understanding, he's not going to deal with it correctly. He doesn't have the correct understanding, he's not going to be able to benefit from what is going to be of real benefit. And he's not going to be able to save himself from the harms. So in order to save us from that misjudgment about what dunya is all about, and to save us from that misunderstanding which will lead us to loss and harm. So Allah Ta'ala Himself spells out the reality of dunya. So what is dunya all about? So in this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala gives the five phases that people go through in this life of dunya. Generally, these are the five phases people go through. And the person who understands and realizes this, the reality of all this, then he will do something that will save him from his harms, that will help him to achieve the benefit. And otherwise, then there's a big problem. So in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, اِعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا لَعِبُوا وَلَهُوا وَزِينَةُ وَتَفَاخُرٌ بَيْنَكُمْ وَتَكَاثُرٌ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ Five things. Five phases of life. Number one, Allah Ta'ala says, I'lamu. Don't misunderstand this. Know well. I'lamu. Know it. So now this is the starting point. That this is the knowledge that is being passed on to every insan. That know about what this dunya is. Know about it. Understand its reality. And then deal with it according to what is the right way to deal with it. So as far as dunya is concerned, one extreme with regards to the approach towards dunya is that a person becomes tarikud dunya, completely shuns the world in its entirety, goes and isolates himself in some cave somewhere, doesn't associate with anybody, becomes a complete recluse and a hermit or whatever. So Sharia doesn't give any kind of permission for such life. This is not what has ever been adopted by the people of Allah Taala that they went and hid themselves away in some cave. That's not the life that they presented. That's not the life they lived. And that's not the way that dunya is to be dealt with. So that is one extreme. That a person says, I won't benefit from anything. Allah Taala has provided some halal ni'mat. He says, well, no, I won't touch this also. So that is not the correct manner of dealing with dunya. So that's one extreme. And the other extreme is, the other extreme is that dunya becomes the be-all be all and end-all. So there is no other purpose but dunya. This is what drives a person, this becomes his passion, this becomes his focus of life. This dictates what he does, when he does, how he does, and whether he does it or not. Whether he performs his Zohar Salah or not, dunya will dictate. Whether he performs that Salah in any time or not, that's what dunya will dictate. Whether he performs that Salah on a weekend, that sport and dunya will dictate. Whether he does something for deen, that entertainment will dictate. Sorry. Today this is all full, space is full, no space for deen today. Today the whole day is going to be some entertainment, some sport, something or the other. So now the whole life becomes dunya in one way or the other. Either in amassing dunya, one is earning a halal living. That's something not just permissible, that is an obligation. That is an obligation after the other faraiz and obligations of deen. And a person goes about it in the correct way, that is not just something permissible, something so virtuous, that in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Karim says, At-Tajir, At-Tajirus Sadduqul Ameen. The honest and upright businessman, this is not confined to just being honest and upright, these are the highlights. Overall, everything is in order, everything is in place, 
how the person conducts himself, how he goes about his business, how he goes about his profession, how he goes about his job, whatever his means of earning a halal living are, he goes about it in the way that Allah Ta'ala has prescribed, Allah Ta'ala has commanded, how Nabi Karim Wasallam taught and demonstrated. Now this is, and the highlights of this is, his honesty, his trustworthiness. So not that he just did something permissible, he did something so virtuous, and he didn't compromise deen, didn't compromise the ahkam of Allah Ta'ala. Then in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam says, he'll be raised on the day of Qiyamah. Now there is no more bigger concern for a true mu'min other than how he is going to fare on the day of Qiyamah because that is the final judgment now and now this person will be raised on the day of Qiyamah ma'an nabiyyin with the Anbiya alayhi salatu with the Siddiqeen the greatest rank of wilayat after Nubuat nobody can reach anywhere close to Nubuat but then the next rank is wilayat and Wilayat has its own different stages and ranks and the highest rank and position of the awliya is the position of the Siddiqeen he'll be raised among the Siddiqeen and alongside the Shuhada on the day of Qiyamah Subhanallah this is a mind-boggling virtue that Nabi Akareem Salaam has mentioned so now a person who one is earning a halal living this is the reality of that but the other is where the purpose of life becomes amassing wealth so now dunya in one form or another either amassing wealth that becomes the purpose of life and then enjoying that wealth in any way halal, haram in any environment whether there's Allah's commands are being violated blatantly whatever it takes doesn't matter as long as I seem to get some fun out of it chasing the lust, chasing the pleasures, chasing the desires, that becomes the sum total of life. So now this is the other extreme. So the one extreme is complete abandonment. That's an extreme also. And the other extreme is this. The dunya becomes the whole purpose of life and dunya becomes the be all and end all of life. So the middle part is that a person uses the dunya correctly but makes the akhirat his direction and purpose whatever Allah has blessed him with he enjoys those na'mats, make shukar to Allah ta'ala. but dunya never ever becomes his purpose of life and dunya never becomes his focus rather how he can make his akhirat with that dunya that becomes his purpose that together with his amal, together with his obedience to Allah wa ta'ala what dunya Allah has blessed him with how that too can become a contributing factor towards making his akhirat so this becomes his direction so he enjoys Allah's na'mads he makes shukar upon it he helps others with it but he makes his akhirat with it so now in this ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah ta'ala gives these five phases of life that a person goes through generally people all go through these five phases of life the first The first phase of life is la'ib and then followed by lahu what is la'ib and lahu generally it's translated as play and amusement now one is la'ib that kind of play which now little children there's no purpose of any sort meaning forget any real purpose even any futile purpose now for example as the child will grow now now they start playing some game now to score that goal or to do that that has become a kind of purpose of that play and now children look younger than that got no purpose they're just moving around chasing behind one another just doing something so now the first phase of life is that play that just there's no end game so to say just carry on and then the next phase comes now there's some kind of now something advanced but the sum total of it is still the same thing little bit more sophisticated now little bit more uh, there's some kind of rules now and some procedure and some method but at the end of the day what's the difference between that and the first level both at the end of the day are the same just play, just amusement, fun, entertainment 
And now these are the phases in the sequence it goes. The first stage is la'ib and then comes to love. And then a time comes now when he's grown little beyond that, come to in his teens, become a little bit more conscious of himself. Now comes the time of zinatun, self-adornment. Now he's very conscious about himself. Now he's sitting in front of the mirror and he's now looking at what kind of garments he wants to wear and what kind of label and brand he must have on very nicely displayed and what kind of phone he can make sure that that is the phone in his hand when people see him around so that it can give some kind of status display some status of his and now in all these different things this becomes the direction and now what we are being told in here that look that first phase the first phase of life that life and the child grows past that and he comes to the phase of lahu now you try to make him get engaged in that life that child's play and he scoffs at it he ridicules it and call this play also you call this something to be doing it's such a waste of time so I say no don't worry now you okay you entertain your small little brother now you just play with it it's a waste of time I'm bored with this but once upon a time that's what he was doing and once upon a time when somebody tried to stop him from that that became a major problem he threw a tantrum but now he's looking at it with ridicule he's looking at so how can you tell me to do this then he comes to the next phase that next phase also has its own stages and as he goes past one stage into another stage he looks down upon the previous one what's this one person wanted to teach his son one lesson in life so the son had now graduated as a highly qualified person now in whatever field so now out of celebrating his qualification the father now father too was in a very high position very senior position in the some whatever profession and so on so his circle of friends also were of that nature very high ranking people in society so now he invited this whole lineup of the high ranking position of people in society all professionals and who not and what not so now this whole gathering is there and all have come to celebrate this young man's graduation so now father stood up to give one small speech and as he came to the now coming to the peak of it he says well on such an you know glistening occasion i want to present my son with a gift so i want to call him now to receive the gift now this whole gathering is there all people of high society and now in the midst of all this this young man is called forward now he is also floating high now because everybody has come to celebrate him and his achievement so now he comes to receive this gift in the presence of everybody the father says but i also will ask him now to open this package and see the gift now also a strange thing to do normally you give the person the gift he'll take it and go and see it in his own time he says now i'm going to ask him now to open it i can't refuse in front of everybody even if i wanted to refuse i can't how is going to refuse so i start opening it all the wrapping and the ribbon and whatever else as he opens the whole thing out and now finally in that little box opens that box out there's one old child's toy in there a little bit broken now first everybody was stunned because everybody is seeing what's going on here and then some people burst out laughing somebody was thought this is some kind of joke and but this young man is standing there and changing colors totally embarrassed that now i'm being made the subject of this kind of joke or what is this but now after all the father was not just some foolish person so people now were looking at him that what does all this mean so now when this sunk in nicely so now he addressed his son in the midst of this whole gathering he said this is that same toy which so many years back when you were 2 years old or 3 years old you insisted you wanted it and at that time we couldn't afford it at that time it was beyond our budget but you threw such a tantrum that come what may whatever we could somehow we had to scrape the money from here there and everywhere and finally buy you the toy because without it there was no peace 
and you were making such a huge fuss about it. And then in that duration of time, this toy was the most beloved thing to you. If anybody tried to even just touch it, it became a big problem. Now that was once upon a time. And then he went on about it, how much you used to play with it and you couldn't part with it and whatever else. He says, what the lesson I want to teach you, that look today what's your condition, the same toy. The same toy you embarrassed to have it. Once upon a time this was everything of what life was all about this. So what I want to teach you is, that when you want to take something, make sure later in time you're not going to be embarrassed about it. Today you're demanding it. Today you're insisting you want to have it. But think ahead that later you must not be embarrassed about it. Now whatever his meaning might have been, was a very great reality. That many a times with demanding things in dunya, Allah forbid we must not be embarrassed about it in akhirat. In front of the whole makhluk, all the insaniyat and humanity will be present. In front of our parents, in front of our children, in front of our family, in front of our teachers, in front of one and all, and now things that will get now opened out. Here in dunya we were in whichever way demanding things. Or if not demanding it from others, we were doing what we wanted to. Feeling well, what's the bother about it? I'll do as I want and please myself. Allah forbid that it becomes a source of not just embarrassment, the worst regret on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the reality of dunya that Allah is giving us in this ayat. That look, each phase when it passes, the person now looks back at it and he feels, what's this all about? And if somebody tells him, you too are doing this, he feels, no, it can't be, not possible. I couldn't have been wasting my time like this. But that's what he was doing. So now this is all the phases of dunya. One day a person will be looking down at dunya from akhirat. He'll be looking down at what I did there, Kim. How did I live my life? What was the purpose of what I did? And if I just made a little bit sabr then, how greatly I would have enjoyed now. And had I just been patient at that time, what a wonderful direction I would be going in now. So now Allah is giving us this already up front that remember that day is coming. When you're going to look back, but then it's going to be too late. Rather understand the reality now. Understand the reality now and plan to do the right things and earn the best benefit for the akhirat. So i'lamu. That's the first level. Complete display and amusement and then wazinatun and then just self-adornment. Now that becomes the be-all and end-all of life. How the person can just be engrossed in self-adornment. Now just the different things that will go along to try and just enhance one's position in the eyes of people who have a similar outlook to life that what kind of adornment somebody has, what brand labels he's wearing, what kind of in-style things he has. So now no matter what price that is coming comes for, and no matter how much exorbitantly it's priced, because the reality of it is that it really costs maybe 5% of what it's sold for. But because of that brand label, which is all just a, just part of the zina, just to show off, adorn oneself and then comes the next phase and just boasting boastful claims between one another I have done this and I have got that and this is my achievement and this is what I my grandfather did and my great grandfather if I got nothing to speak about myself then I must boast over the achievements of my father and grandfather and great grandfather and if I don't know anybody in particular what they did then I'll just manufacture something but that becomes life just some kind of claim I hear somebody went somewhere, I have to speak about something I went for. Somebody sent one small little, well, mentioned that the interviewer was asking someone that uh, I see you went to university. So he says, yes, I went to visit my cousin there. So now the impression in, on paper was that, look, I also graduated from somewhere. But now when it came to the detail of it, yeah, I went there to visit my cousin. So now that's the way it goes, just to give a half a line which gives a certain impression. Meanwhile, the other half line gives the rest of the story. That is not the impression that was created. But now this becomes life. How to just bring about some impression. To just live up to how to make people feel that we are somebody. And then as a person goes beyond that, 
Now his life becomes now boasting about how much of wealth he got, just competing with one another in multiplying wealth and children. This becomes now the be all and end all of life. This is the position I have and this is the authority I hold and this is the kind of status I have in society and this is the power I have. These are the things that become now what makes a person tick as they say this is dunya. Allah Ta'ala then gives the example of all this. Kamasali raisin a'jabal kuffar nabatuhu like the rain when it comes down after the rain descends then the vegetation and the crops come out of the ground as the rain comes down it then just brings the whole land to, li- to life and now the vegetation and the plants and all the crops now the A'jabal one meaning is that the farmers become very delighted with this but the word is kuffar. That's one meaning of kuffar. One meaning of kafir is a farmer. But now that's in the literal translation of it. One meaning is a farmer. But many mufassirin have gone by the normal translation that this doesn't mean the linguistic translation. This is what is normally termed as kuffar, the disbelievers. Ajabal kuffar anabatuhu. That the believers become very, the, the kuffar and the disbelievers become very excited with that vegetation. In other words, with the dunya. Now, the question the Mufassirin then poses, but this is not confined to disbelievers. Even a mu'min, Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with some ni'mad. It's human nature, he becomes happy with it. He makes shukar over it, nevertheless. But he also becomes happy with it. So, why then kuffar? This is something everybody feels that some degree of happiness. So then the explanation that yes, a mu'min also feels happy on it, but there's a world of difference between a mu'min's happiness and the happiness that a disbeliever and the excitement, so-called excitement that he experiences. A mu'min, he becomes happy on the note that this is purely Allah Ta'ala's blessing and it's Allah Ta'ala's favor on me which I didn't deserve. And now that I received this which I didn't deserve purely Allah's favor so I should make some salatu shukr also today I should make some extra ibadat as well I must give some sadaqah out of gratitude for Allah's na'mat so this too his happiness becomes a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. and a disbeliever he starts gloating over it saw what I did see my achievement and see how much I this is my genius I applied my mind over this and all the descriptions of enhancing himself and then bloating with pride and arrogance and as a result whatever then follows how he treats others around him how he speaks to people how he goes about his day because now he is high and mighty in his own eyes so now everybody else can be just trampled, can be spoken to anyhow can be just dealt with in any way no concern for anybody and anything because he seems to have all the power now he has all the wealth, he has everything so that is why Allah Ta'ala says that the kuffar, their excitement is a terrible excitement it's an excitement which is filled with arrogance and pride a mu'min, he is humbled with shukar when Allah's na'mas come upon him it doesn't make him proud, it humbles him in gratitude and this side is a different matter Allah is talking about the, the wrong way in which they react but then what happens? Then he starts withering. Then you see it's all yellowing up. Now that leaves are so green and lush and all the vegetation and plants and it was looking so attractive and now it starts withering and then after a while it's all yellow and it's got no attraction in it left at all. And after a while it all falls apart and it just becomes particles of dust eventually so now what is being said in all this that look these are the five phases of life Allah Ta'ala discussed that people go through but this is the reality of dunya eventually everybody is going to become dust everybody is going to lie in their grave so now what is worthy of really putting the heart towards so Allah Ta'ala now 
takes us to the reality of al akhirati azabun shadeed wa maghfiratun min Allahi wa ridwan that look this world is going to come to an end everybody is going to leave this dunya somebody sooner and somebody a little later but nobody is going to remain here forever so now what is to be really concerned about is the akhirat and the akhirat there's two directions of al akhirati azabun shadeed one is a very painful and severe punishment for the disbelievers for those who have been disobeying Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and then mamakhfiratum min Allahi wa ridwan and for the believers for the righteous so now despite their best efforts sometimes they made some mistakes they slipped up here and there but they made tawbah they made istighfar for them is maghfiratum min Allah the forgiveness from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala's pleasure for them and then Allah ta'ala warns us and cautions us فَمَلْ حَيَاتُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ that remember this is the reality of dunya you started off and write فِعْلَمُ know what is the reality of dunya Allah ta'ala now spells it out the summary of whatever was discussed فَمَلْ حَيَاتُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ this worldly life is nothing but goods of deception it gives a very glossy appearance on the outside and attracts a person towards it you do this and you'll enjoy yourself you'll have this fun you'll have this excitement you'll have this very good life you'll be really you know on top of it all and don't worry what salah comes and goes right now the time is to make money it doesn't matter about you make the qaza later and all kinds of things shaitan and nafs attract the person the dunya becomes so attractive but then when he got it now that became no good to him because so many problems came with it so many disasters came he thought this is going to be the most exciting part of life but that excitement turned out to be a disaster why? because anything that comes with the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, then that is a deception it, will, it is that shiny snake it looks so attractive but it's going to bite and its venom is going to now then do its job that which comes with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala that will bring barakat that will bring peace, it will bring happiness it will bring tranquility in dunya it will become a means of bettering one's akhirat as well but something that way deen, the corners of deen are being cut Allah Ta'ala save us that will become a bigger problem than a person can imagine so this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying to us that look these are the two directions so don't get caught up in the deception of dunya and fall in the wrong, the wrong direction therefore Allah Ta'ala thereafter says to us Sabiqu Sabiqu ila makhfiratim min rabbikum wa jannatin arduha ka ardi samai wal ard wa iddat lilladheena amanu billahi wa rusulihi therefore now compete one meaning of this O oh, hasten when a person is hastening towards something so now he's got no time to waste because he's hastening towards it so Allah Ta'ala is saying hasten towards سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ hasten towards the maghfirat of your Rabb and Jannat meaning every opportunity that you have of doing something good don't leave it for some other time what you can do how much you can do tomorrow might never come tomorrow might be too late when a person is hastening towards something then he wants to get it done now He's hastening, he's got a deadline to meet. He's got a deadline to meet. Now he doesn't say, leave it. The deadline is today, how are you going to leave it or tomorrow? So likewise, every opportunity of doing some good, that some good might be reciting one tasbih also. That some good might be just making some tafakkur and meditating, pondering on the na'mas of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's bounties and blessings pondering upon the reality of life pondering upon our own situation and condition what am I doing, how am I conducting myself, where am I heading to am I going to live in dunya forever what if my death comes tomorrow what if my death comes tonight am I ready for it, how am I going to meet Allah Ta'ala occupying the heart and mind in that manner for that brief time as well that too is part of this sabiqo of trying to hasten towards getting closer to Allah Ta'ala some good we can do for anybody it might be those around us those under our roof somebody outside somebody in another part of the world we can raise our hands and make dua for someone whatever good we can do 
that moment that that thought came in the heart came from Allah Ta'ala's side and we should be making ourselves such that we get reminded time and again by things around us to do something good so that is what Allah is giving us don't waste that opportunity procrastination that will cause harm that will cause loss person leaving it for tomorrow tomorrow never comes before tomorrow he is gone وَسَابِقُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ أَرْضُهَا كَأَرْضِ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Hasten towards the Jannat. Dunya, what is dunya really going to be able to give us? How much can it give us? And one day we have to leave everything behind and go. Jannat is everlasting. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Karim says that لَمَوْضِعُوا سَوْتِ أَحَدِكُمْ فِي الْجَنَّةِ Now, in that time, a person now normally he needs to ride on his horse, he needs to ride. So now, carrying a whip that little stick or whatever, that was standard almost, anybody would have one in the hand, anybody, any rider. So that's the examples that were given were things that they had around them. They, everybody knew what is this all about. So Nabi Sassam gave that example, that little small stick or whoop that a rider uses normally to spur the animal on. says that piece of wood, that piece of stick, if that's lying on the ground, how much of space that will take? What's the measurement of that? Can you really measure it? How much it will be? 1 centimeter by 10 centimeters or 20 centimeters or 30, 50? How much more? That 1 centimeter in width and that 50 centimeters in length maybe. That amount of Jannat is worth more than this whole dunya and what it contains. We talk about prime property. So now this is more than prime property that we can imagine. That the whole world is like one speck of dust. And not even that. Compared to this one space in Jannat. Allah Ta'ala thinks, hasten towards this. This is what you should be working towards. And this is what you should be focusing towards. So now in this time and age, and in this period of time, in this period of the year, when the entire whole mindset goes towards dunya in one way or the other. And sometimes, the whole focus becomes dunya alone. Either in making dunya, or in trying to enjoy the dunya. Unfortunately what it becomes making dunya and breaking akhirat. How we go about it sometimes and what we do. Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden a person from having a rest, taking some relaxation, just refreshing himself. But there are very clear limits to everything. Very clear boundaries. Where a person can go and may go or not go what a person may do or cannot do. Now mu'min who is concerned about making his akhirat, he says all dunya can be seeming to be having fun somewhere, but if that is not in order, is not within the limits of sharia, I don't want to get anywhere close to it. Doesn't matter what people might say, what they might call me, anything, but I need to remain within these limits, because I need to make my akhirat. I need to build my iman, protect my iman, and take myself to akhirat in front of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the time to become more conscious, to turn to Allah Ta'ala in more earnestness, increase our amal, increase our ibadat, our zikr especially, increase in istighfar. Because this is the protection from the fitna that intensifies in this time of the year. The December month comes and the rate of fitna just increases. When the rate of fitna increases, the rate of ibadat must increase to protect ourselves from it. Otherwise it's like the security situation is gone really bad there's crime all over so a person decided because his crime now has increased so he decided to now dismiss the guard and switch the alarm off and leave the doors open why? because crime has increased so now everybody will put a collection together this person needs some treatment crime has increased so now he dismissed the guard and he switched the alarms off and he's leaving the doors open. Why? Because crime has increased. He's supposed to be thinking the other way around. Seems like the major problem here. Maybe the effect of the crime has had such an effect on his mind that now it's shut off. Like the alarm shut off also. Now that's how we'll think about it in terms of dunya. But the tragedy is, when the crime of akhirat is now at every corner is there to try and just waylay somebody, try to harm someone, try to rob someone. Nafs and shaitan are there to now the person drops his guard even more now there's holiday time now so whatever tilawat he was making that has stopped what zikr he was making tasbihat he was making that has stopped 
was making salah with jama'ah, it's a holiday time now. So now salah with jama'ah stopped. And everything now, so the crime increased. So now he decided to switch the alarms off, decided to open the windows and the doors and take the burglar guards out. Then after that whole period is gone, says, where I was and where am I? I don't know what's going on. My whole life has now just turned upside down. But now when a person left his doors wide open and he's inviting everybody to come and steal, so what's going to be the outcome? Therefore, this is a time to increase amal. It's a time to increase the out of the Quran Sharif. And very crucial to keep ourselves in the correct environments. Never venture close to a place where your heart will testify that if I'm going to go into this place and come out after half an hour, 15 minutes, half an hour, one hour later, my iman will never be on the same level. It's certainly going to be dipped. The very least, to put it very, very, very mildly, that there will be a dip in the level of iman. Whereas the reality is, it's not just a dip. It's sometimes a complete drain. So now the heart will testify beforehand. Any person who is true to himself, any person who is got a little bit of half of Allah Ta'ala and is true to himself, he doesn't need any fatwa, he doesn't need anybody to tell him anything. His heart will testify, that this, this can't be, I will never be able to leave this place with my iman, this intermingling, whatever other things hanging on there. By the time I leave there, Allah knows best how much of the nur of iman will all be drained out. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat. Allah Ta'ala keep us steadfast on deen and iman. Allah Ta'ala save us from all the fitna and fasad. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of walking on sirat-e mustaqeem till our last breath and take us on perfect iman. Raise us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbah.
Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Allah bless us with the life of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the life of taqwa, Ya Allah. Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah make us realize the reality of dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the deception of dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah you take us to the ya Allah, vastness of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, put the value of akhirat in our hearts, Ya Allah. The value of the a'mal of akhirat in our hearts, Ya Allah. The value of every tasbih, Ya Allah. The value of every salah, Ya Allah. The value of every ayat of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah you give us the true value of deen, Ya Allah. Allah, you accept us for deen, Ya Allah. Accept our progeny till Qiyamah for deen, Ya Allah. Keep one and all steadfast on Iman till the last breath, Ya Allah. Take us on perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamah with perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustabirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, cure us from all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Cure us from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us afiyat in every matter, Ya Allah. Afiyat in deen, Ya Allah. Afiyat in dunya, Ya Allah. Allah, do not put us to tests and trials, Ya Allah. Allah, we are very weak, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from tests and trials, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah. Wherever the Muslims are in any pain, difficulty, hardship, suffering, Allah, out of your grace and mercy, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Run afiyat in every aspect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Our brothers and sisters in Palestine and Gaza, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, shower your special rahmat on them, Ya Allah. Shower your special rahmat on them, Ya Allah. Allah, remove their difficulty and hardship, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you make their hifazat, Ya Allah. Allah, you make their complete hifazat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you, Ya Allah, push away their enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant hidayat to the enemies as well, Ya Allah. Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, whoever is in any kind of difficulty and hardship, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. All that we should have been asking for, Ya Allah, without asking, grant it to us, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, all who asked us to make dua for them, Allah, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dies aspirations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله